You're listening to a chapel message from Trinity Christian College, recorded live at the Ozinga Chapel Auditorium in Palos Heights, Illinois. Well, good morning, everyone. It's so great to have you visitors here. I just want to add my word of welcome to you this morning and on an extra snowy day on campus. So way to go, way to brave the weather. This morning, we meet Moses in a crisis of confidence. A version of the scripture, the NIV, has Moses saying, what if they do not believe in me? What if they do not listen to me? What if they say, the Lord did not appear to you? I'm not eloquent. I'm slow of speech and tongue. Please, Lord, send someone else. Today we meet Moses in a crisis of confidence. If you've been along for the ride these weeks in chapel, and you can catch up by listening on Trinity's podcast, you know we've already experienced a dramatic first three weeks of, first three chapters in these weeks of Exodus. Moses begins his life as an abandoned baby, floating in a basket down a river, rescued by Pharaoh's daughter, raised an Israelite as a prince of Egypt, and yet he just can't shake who he is. So he kills an Egyptian who is beating a Hebrew slave and buries the Egyptian in the sand. He becomes a fugitive. He wanders in the wilderness and he hangs out at Mount Horeb tending sheep. It would appear that Moses basically peaked in high school. And he is now just going to be a sheep herder for the rest of his life, hiding out uh, in the Mount of Horeb area, tending after a bunch of stinky sheep. But as Coach Bialik, who is also the fabulous voice of God in the reading, uh, just shared with us on Wednesday, God shows up in a big way to Moses in that wilderness season. God's promise to Moses is big. It is over the top. He sets a bush on fire. It doesn't burn. And then he talks to Moses from the bush. And he declares his power. He calls Moses to life. He calls Moses to his vocation. He calls Moses, who is just an obscure fugitive tending sheep, to be the leader who will free the people of Israel from bondage. That is a pretty big jump. He is skipping a few steps in the hierarchy and he's going straight to the top. It's a dramatic turn. So this morning, we're in chapter four, and we pick up the Exodus action right as Moses responds to this big over-the-top call with a crisis of confidence. Seriously? The buildup, the excitement and the action, the dramatic call, and then Moses, yeah, God, I'm good. (laughs) I don't think I'm your guy. Thank you for asking me to be the leader of the people of Israel to free the people from bondage, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm not going to do this. You know, at Trinity, we talk a lot about discovering the joy of your vocation. We say here that you're going to flourish, that you're going to thrive, that you're going to help be about other people's thriving. A Christian writer, Frederick Buechner, is often quoted around here. Your deep gladness meets the world's deep need. That place is where you're going to find joy and vocation. It's an awesome vision, 
and one that I do believe is rooted in scripture. But what happens when you're called to something you don't want to do? What happens if the pathway forward that God is calling you to feels risky, feels fraught, feels dangerous, feels outside of your comfort zone? What happens when the call God gives you is as clear and as crisp as a voice from a burning bush and you just can't even? Maybe it's a bit of a stretch to see ourselves in the passage in this way. You see, Moses had a very good reason to be afraid. He, he had killed an Egyptian. He was a fugitive, a wanted man. He was asked by God to go and confront the very power structure that was oppressing his people, his own brothers and sisters. He was being asked to go straight into the fire. That is no small ask, God. Moses knew his own temptations. He'd been in the wilderness for 40 years. He'd had plenty of time to reflect on his strengths and weaknesses. He'd had time to think about what he thought he was called to, and frankly, he did not feel up to the task. And so in response to the big over-the-top call to be the person that God was going to use to free the people of Israel, Moses resists. He just can't even What if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? What if they say the Lord did not appear to you? I'm not eloquent. I'm slow of speech and tongue. Please, Lord, send someone else. Moses has a crisis of confidence. Brothers and sisters, I'm here today to tell you that God does not give Moses an out. God doesn't tell Moses the road will be easy God doesn't allow Moses to win the argument. Instead, God shows up. Okay, Moses, God says, you see that staff that you have in your hand? I'm going to transform it. The staff, maybe just an ordinary tool, or some commentators have even said maybe the staff is a symbol of the weapon that Moses used to beat the Egyptian to death. In that read, a symbol of Moses' shame. And God says, I will transform your sin and shame and inadequacy and instead demonstrate my power. Okay, Moses, God says, you see your hand. He has him stick his hand in his cloak. It comes out with leprosy and then he puts it back in and it comes out totally healed. The reality is you are diseased. You are finite. You are dying. But I, the Lord, will renew your very hands and give you health and life and strength. Okay, Moses, God says, you see the water, the river. I will take the water of life and transform it into the blood of life. A sign and seal of a bigger promise that Moses, you have no idea is even coming. And Moses, you will play a role in the history that leads toward the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. You see, God takes Moses' can't and he promises transformation. He promises life and deliverance. God doesn't see the small, limited vision of Moses. Instead, he stretches a cosmic vision of redemption, of grace, and of life. 
And God shows Moses and God shows us that he will transform, he will bring life, and he will free us. It's an amazing gift. And what does Moses say? Well, you know, he says, God, I'm not so great at giving speeches. You see, I have this fear of public speaking. I'm not really your guy. And God shows up. I give you speech. I give you hearing. I give you sight. I am with you. It's an amazing gift. And what does Moses say? I can't do this. I cannot do this. Please send someone else. He's pretty relentless in his resistance, isn't he? And throughout the rest of the passage, and in some verses that we didn't hear from this morning, God doesn't send someone else. He sends Moses. And he gives Moses people to go along on the journey. He doesn't have to do it alone. He gives Moses a family, and he gives Moses a new community. In Exodus 4, um, verse 14, God gives Moses a companion in Aaron, a companion who complements his gifts, someone to work with who can take the message of Moses and give it words. In Exodus 4, verse 24, God gives Moses a savvy protector of a wife who knows how to look out for Moses and save him from peril. And in verse 29, God gives Moses a community of leaders and elders to surround him and help him galvanize the people of God, a community who we are told believes the vision and hears the vision and helps to carry it forward. It's an amazing gift. We know the rest of the story and we're going to get to hear the rest of the story in the coming weeks. But before we do that, I want to ask you, um, what call are you facing? I don't know what it is that you're facing, what call you're looking down. I don't know what path you are weighing. I don't know what hard thing God is calling you to. But I do know that in this season and in these days, many of us are called on difficult paths, hard ways. And we too resist God. We're a lot like Moses. We wonder if we'll be seen. We wonder if we'll be heard. We tell God, uh, no, no, that's too big and too over the top of a vision for me to step into that. And I think there is hope in this passage that God engages God's people and uses his people for good even when we resist. Maybe you're at a spot where you haven't really engaged God. Perhaps you're still out tending the sheep, minding your own business and not even awake yet to the call of God. Maybe you haven't quite seen the injustice that you're being called to address. Or maybe you have so much shame that you can't imagine God would call you. Or you feel like you're sinking, dying, and you can't possibly have enough life to be called. I think there's hope in this passage that God engages God's people and uses his people for good even when we are in that space too, wandering in a wilderness, minding our own business, sinking, dying, and feeling that we have no life. You see, the good news, my friends, is that after reading Exodus 4 together, I can tell you this. God knows your shame, and he will transform it. 
God knows your weakness and he will give you life. The blood of Christ has already freed you and God has given us one another, companions in a community to respond to God's call together. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts Thank you for listening to Trinity Christian College's Chapel Podcast. To learn more about campus ministries at Trinity, visit trnty.edu slash chapel.